0: There are few things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession, and it's hard to imagine that anyone has fully ingested all there is to know about the world's most revered beverage. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. But we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. Welcome to Grape Encounters. Your host David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time. How to have more fun with your wine. Where to enjoy wine the most. How to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use. Not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain. David Wilson.
1: And it is time for your weekly Grape Encounter. And I have to tell you this, this time of the year, I always seem to get depressed. It's not that the holidays are around the corner. It's just that October, November, sometimes September bring back a lot of terrible memories for me. As you probably know, I live in California. And not only have I lived in California my entire life, but I have always lived in areas that are very vulnerable to fire. And lately, especially, the fire seasons have gotten worse and worse and worse. But, you know, thank God I've never lost a home, but I know so many people who have. And just about two years ago, I think it was the biggest fire in California history hit Sonoma County and beyond. And we did a lot of stories about that. It was just about two years to the day, almost. But again, last night, the fires have come, and I can think of no person better to speak to than my mentor, Michael O'Shea, who also runs five radio stations in Sonoma County, including our affiliate, KSRO, that uh, we're on there. They're part of the Amateur Sonoma Radio Group, and Michael, I wish we were talking under better circumstances, but welcome.
2: I wish we were talking about Chardonnay and Pinot, but... Uh, that's that's
1: that's, but that's not the
2: uh, that's not the case, David. And I have to ask you and your listeners to pardon me a little bit. I uh, literally uh, was watching the World Series last night at nine o'clock, nine thirty, and getting ready to go to bed at my normal ten or ten thirty time. And I got a text from my senior producer saying, the North Bay is on fire, all hands on duty. And so uh, like a fireman down the pole into the boots, I grabbed my flashlights. I, uh, I grabbed the little power generator I carry with me. I gathered a, a, a big glass of iced tea and I gathered my dog Cosmo and piled into the Maxima and headed down to the radio station. And I'm part of what they call the scramble team. And when things get uh, sticky, there's six of us that have to report to duty within minutes. I was number two in the building and number three, four, five, and six followed me within minutes. And then we all deployed to different parts of the community. My job last night was to take my DSLR camera and head north up the 101 right to the belly of the beast right into uh, Geyserville where the flames were cresting over Geyser Peak and uh, heading down towards the 101 and it was only 5,000 acres at that time it was called the Kincaid Fire it is the Kincaid Fire because it started near Kincaid Road and now it's 10,000 acres God. and it's still burning and it's a 0% contained but the team are starting to fly now because at uh, early dawn today we had some good flying weather and they could start dropping retard. But yeah, this is deja vu all over again, because two years ago, almost to the week, we had our horrible Tubbs fire in Santa Rosa that killed 43 of our neighbors and destroyed 8,000 homes in about four different communities in Santa Rosa.
1: And, I mean, it just literally brushed them away like you brush away a mosquito. It was gone, and it just instantly, and where you're at, because I'm quite familiar with the area because we've met up there a number of times, there were two very important hotels that were gone in minutes. It was horrible. (laughs) Well,
2: the the Hilton Hotel, which sits right at the uh, base, of the area called Fountain Grove, and that's where the Tubbs fire ripped through at three o'clock in the morning, fueled by Hurricane Force 75 mile an hour winds. And that's right where 101 goes by, uh, kind of heading towards the San Rosa Airport. And uh, I had one Highway Patrolman telling me, Michael, I've never seen anything like it in my life. The fire came over. It came into the Hilton Hotel. It literally, due to the to the heat inside the structure, it literally lifted the main building off the ground by about 16 or 18 feet. The wind blew the main building right over 101 and it exploded and dropped all the residue right onto the highway. Oh my it was, God. It was, I... Yeah, I mean, it was just the amount of heat and the amount of damage. We had aluminum rims from wheels melting, the melting temperature of aluminum is three thousand degrees.
3: Oh my so gosh! You can
2: just imagine the intense temperatures and and how these homes. I had a Berkeley firefighter tell me these homes weren't burned up; they were evaporated. They were just absolutely, uh, uh, totally destroyed to where nothing was left except the smallest amount of ash. And people would sift through that ash to find keepsakes, and some did, and some didn't.
1: You know, it's, what's always amazed me, and I said that I've always lived in areas that are very vulnerable to fires. I've had neighbors well, I should put it this way I have lost at times 400 neighbors' homes. I didn't lose them, but my neighborhoods were literally wiped out. And what's stunning is that things like a refrigerator, that you would think you'd see this charred refrigerator sitting there, and and nothing's left. Metal just evaporates like water on a hot sidewalk. It's crazy.
2: The the site of the aftermath where 800 Homes stood in Coffee Park, which is right in the middle of our town. The, the aftermath was 800 chimneys, and that was all that was left. The brick from the chimneys didn't get destroyed, but uh, that was all that was left. And uh, it, it's a horrific scene. Uh, last night's fire and, this, and today's fire, the Kincaid fire, is mostly in the wildlands. Uh, there have certainly been some structures destroyed, but there haven't been any homes that we know of at this point. But it is uh, the town of Geyserville, which sits right on 101 one just north of Healdsburg and that's right in the heart of the Alexander Valley wine country the Dry Creek wine country Geyserville was put under mandatory evacuation a couple of hours ago and from our news reporter that was up there said it's like driving through a ghost town. The fire is still several miles away and it may or may not hit Geyserville but it is in that area that the sheriff's department is creating a mandatory evacuation. Once the fire if it does jump the 101, which is right in that area, and then continues. And the winds are blowing it in a southwesterly direction. Winds are out of the northeast. And they're what they call Diablo winds. And they come off of the Diablo Mountain Range up near San Francisco, and they just get a huge amount of momentum. Very similar to the Santa Anas that Southern California has. The Diablo winds are what is fueling this fire. The worst part of it is that looking at the weather prognosis, I'm an aviator. I fly airplanes, and I have all kinds of aviation apps that I look at. And if I take my wind predictor app and I advance it into Sunday at 1 p.m., I see what is a, a... circumstance. That nobody wants to see Which are are ground gusts
1: Of 60 and
2: 70 miles per hour For Sunday afternoon So my suspicion is that PG&E Will keep the power shut off To the homes in this area uh, Because many of these fires are ignited From down power lines
1: Michael, we we haven't even talked about The PG&E power outages They're mandatory They're intentional outages We talked about it last week on the show, however And it's just an enormous area. Area and an enormous number of customers where they're literally turning the power off to avoid what happened two years ago. And I guess the power was actually off in a lot of these areas where the fire is burning right now. Is that correct? Yes, and we have learned a new
2: acronym in our vocabulary, and it's PSPS, and that stands for Public Service Power Shutoff. And PSPS event two was triggered about two o'clock yesterday afternoon, where in Sonoma County, the power company PG&E uh, shut down about 27,000 homes from electrical, yeah. most, mostly in the, in the foothills, uh, but across Northern California, uh, back up into the Sierras, the numbers are In the seven hundred or eight hundred thousand range, but this is their response to what happened two years ago, and actually a year ago, up in the Chico Paradise area. Yeah, and and, Uh, and they're and they're
1: they're, Michael, they're they're hedging their bet because those fires put the power company, if you can believe it, into bankruptcy. And you know, rather than exposing themselves to more lawsuits and more losses, they've just chosen to uh, power things down. And this is at a time, by the way, that in Napa and Sonoma. They're crushing grapes. They're still harvesting grapes. Power is absolutely essential, and look what we got. But Michael, we're going to take a quick break here, though, because I have more that I want to talk to you about, and so can you hang with me for just a second? I'll say. Okay, uh, Michael, hang with me. We're talking to Michael O'Shea, who is part owner and general manager at the Amaturo Sonoma Media Group, and it's based in Santa Rosa in Sonoma County, right in the thick of things. Literally a big section of their neighborhood there just completely wiped out near the station and i also want to talk michael about your documentary that you did on that fire too okay yep anyway uh we'll return with more grape encounters in just a second so hang with us and by the way grape encounters is brought to you today by total wine and more no matter what you can possibly be looking for there's an awfully good chance you're going to find it at your total wine and more store
0: free-trade chocolate-covered walnuts. And for bakers, M.M. Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and, of course, their crazy-delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com.
3: Grape Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California, for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero, the gateway to good times, at visitatascadero.com.
0: Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More, America's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and offer an equally monumental selection of beer and spirits. Here's David. David. Back with Grape Encounters Radio and unfortunately talking
1: about the most unpleasant topic I can possibly think of. I've got on the line with me not just my mentor, not just the general manager of five stations and part owner up in Sonoma County, but also one of the co producers of a documentary that has won awards all over the world that memorialized the very unfortunate Tubbs fire just about two years ago to the day that occurred in Sonoma. And it is Michael O'Shea on the line with me. And you were out, how late last night documenting what was going on with this fire.
2: Well, I got an all hands on duty text from my senior producer at about 9.30 or 10 o'clock, and I was at our radio station by 10.15, and we had five or six of us that all scattered into different parts of the territory. My job was to drive up north, right into the belly of the beast, right into the fire zone, and take photos and give reports up there. So by the time I got back to the station and processed my digital photos and got home, it was uh, 3 or 3.30, and so I'm operating on three hours of sleep. But I just had the ugliest, darkest cup of hot coffee that you can imagine, so <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good jolt right now Dave. To- but All so right. I'm ready to go.
1: So to make things as bad as they can possibly be, these fires are occurring at the tail end of harvest. There are a lot of grapes that are still hanging out there. So there's that loss, too. And I think by now people have heard about this thing called smoke taint. And grapes are very, very vulnerable at this time of the year. And, and obviously, I don't want to put that ahead of anything else, but it's how people make their living, you know, just honest, good, hard work and farming. And it's usually the Cabernet grapes that are about the last to come in. They can potentially be obliterated even if the fire doesn't touch them. And Michael, that's been the source of a lot of litigation that's still going on from two years ago, this issue of smoke taint, because people buy grapes from other producers and they're going, well, wait a second, these grapes are not up to par because you can taste the smoke in the wine.
2: Well, the good news about this one is the Kincaid fire, which started up in The area called the Geysers, and literally, it's a geothermal part of our community that has all kinds of geysers, and there's even one called Old Faithful, and it's a very uh, volcanic active area. It's also the site of one of my FM transmitters, (laughs) so I have the security camera that I can monitor up there. I actually saw where the fire started, and the fire started last night, probably right around dusk, up on the west side of Geyser Peak. Thankfully, my transmitters at the top of Geyser Peak, and then it proceeded, driven by the winds, to to the west, and there are just a couple of the well over 200 wineries and vineyards that we have in Sonoma County. There's just a couple of them that are impacted by this fire at this point. Mostly the fire damage is in just heavily wooded mountainous terrain, and there are a couple of wineries that the areas have been evacuated, but in the scale of things for Sonoma County, it's a, you know probably less than 3%, maybe even less than 1% that is being affected at this point.
1: At this but point, the fire's yeah, grown,
2: yeah. The, yeah, the fire's grown from 5,000 to 10,000 acres just overnight. But keep in mind, the fire broke out in the evening hours. It was too late to get any tankers on it because tankers really can't fly at night. It's a safety issue. So uh, at first dawn this morning, probably around 745, they were airborne and dropping retardant on the flames and trying to uh, slow it down. I have not heard any reports I did hear on my own radio station about an hour ago. Our Santa Rosa fire chief reporting that the fire was at zero percent contained, but he expected that number to advance pretty rapidly today as the air tankers go up and do their amazing job.
1: And by the way, the fire department has put out an urgent plea because a bunch of bonehead people are literally flying drones because they want to get pictures of the fire and they can't get their aircraft up in the air when these drones are up there. Is that insane?
2: Yeah, and I have heard that. We've made announcements on the air and obviously the sheriff's department is patrolling Trolling the area as best they can, and obviously, if they see a private drone up there, you know, a 12 gauge mounted to the dashboard might take care of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a stupid thing that some people want to get a HD photo of the middle of a raging forest fire. But I am hoping that the percentage of containment will advance pretty rapidly now that we have a full day of excellent flying conditions. We're not a cloud in the sky other than the smoke, and the air tankers know how to deal with that. So, I'm hoping we'll get some good news later today.
1: And, and I do want to mention this. If you're listening to us in an, another part of the country and you're not familiar with these wildfires that go on in places like California, even though the fire may be many miles away from the vineyards or neighborhoods or wherever it might be, I have driven through fire areas where it's taken 45 minutes to get from one end of the fire to the other. That's That's how big these fires are. They can cover such a huge amount of area in such a short period of time. It's just almost unfathomable when you see it right up close.
2: And the reason that that happens is because of what they call the Diablo winds. And a high-pressure area comes in, squeezes out a low-pressure area, creates... An opportunity for winds over the high desert to go offshore. Typically, our wind patterns are onshore from the ocean, and it brings cooling and humidity, and it brings all the things that make grapes grow really well in this swine region. But in this period of typically October, we do have these circumstances where the winds go offshore, and they're much hotter, they're much drier, and the wind velocities are massive. And I am assuming that the uh, Cal Fire and the Sonoma County Fire Departments and in the various communities, they're going to throw everything they can at this Kincaid fire to get it under control before Sunday reaches because it could just turn into a whole new life yeah. based on 60 and 70 mile an hour uh, Diablo wind.
1: We've just got like two minutes left, Michael, but I did want to uh, have you just mention the documentary that you and some other amazing folks put together. Can you just tell us about that real quick?
2: About two weeks after the Tubbs fire, I had a gentleman show up in my doorway at my office and he said, I want to shake your hand because your radio station." save the life of me and my family and my pets. And he told me about him being chased out of his home and the way that our radio station guided him. His name was Dr. Steven Seeger. He's a local psychiatrist, physician, and a filmmaker. And he said, I want to make a film on this, and I would like to enlist your help. So I signed on with him on a total nonprofit venture, along with my news director, Pat Kerrigan. And we created a film called Urban Inferno, The Night Santa Rosa Burned. We debuted at the Roxy and Santa Rosa to two sold-out Events
1: no, and then it awesome. went on
2: the uh, film festival circuit. It won in Chile, it won in Nevada, it won San Diego, it won Australia, it won in the Czech Republic, it won in Calcutta, India. It missed going on the Oscar ballot by one vote for this year. But it's Urban Inferno The Night Santa Rosa Burnt. I know that the Dr. Seeger's in discussions with Netflix about having it featured as a documentary, so I'll uh, make sure I pass that information along when it's available.
1: Michael, thanks for the great work that you do up there. I know that you're just deeply involved in. In this. I know that the stations up there are the voice of the area, and they do an awful lot to keep people safe. And I, I wish you all Godspeed up there, and I'm going to remain as optimistic as I possibly can. We're going to be thinking about you as you guys go through yet another horrible experience up there, and I hope for the best. Thank you, David. I appreciate your call. We're going to go out and fight some fires today. All right, and, uh, and put a little fireman's cap on, on Cosmo, <laughs> your little...
2: Yeah, he does have one. He has one to be on. Oh, awesome. So anyway, to you and your listeners, cheers.
1: All right. Well, take care. I really appreciate it. And we will be back with more Grape Encounters. And I want to say that I am so proud to be on their news station up there. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. All right. We'll be back with
0: more Grape Encounters right after this. As summer fades and fall settles in, magic happens in wine countries around the globe. Vineyards laden with luscious fruit become the center of attention, and wine lovers from far and wide come to celebrate the long-awaited harvest. Every wine country has its own unique character and events to commemorate the season, but few places offer the diversity and sheer number of opportunities that await you on California's Central Coast. So if you want to be in the absolute center of it all, set your sights on a Tascadero unpretentious, inexpensive, and the truest expression of Americana. Atascadero is the perfect base camp for your fall wine adventure. Atascadero is the midpoint between Los Angeles and San Francisco, but during harvest, it might as well be the center of the universe. The wine world waits all year for harvest, but don't wait to book your California Central Coast wine adventure. Let Atascadero be your gracious host, and all you have to do is log on to visitatascadero.com. Before we continue with the show, I want you to do yourself a favor. Write down two words or
1: get Siri or Alexa to remember them for you. The words are PEAK, P-E-A-K-E, Ranch. Over the past 10 years, my product endorsements are few and far between. That's because I'm not just a wine talk show host. I'm also a wine critic and a wine judge. The wines of Peak Ranch would easily win a gold medal for me in a blind tasting. They're a small boutique label making wines from grapes grown on one of California's most legendary properties. The Pinots, Chardonnay, and Syrah will blow your mind. Log on to PeakRanch.com. Read their story and buy a bottle or two or three. Each varietal is a masterpiece. Get yours at PeakRanch.com. Today's edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More. You know, every week we encourage you to look beyond the ordinary and seek the extraordinary. That's why you definitely want to check out Winery Direct at Total Wine & More. These are products that are identified by the yellow shelf tag in their stores and online. You can learn more at TotalWine.com. And now let's continue our... And we are back with Grape Encounters Radio, and we're going to move on to a much happier subject. When I first started Grape Encounters Radio about 11 years ago, there wasn't even a fraction of the number of wine-related events that there are today. Now it's just completely overwhelming, and if you really want to navigate it properly, there's really only one place that I can suggest that you go to, and it is localwineevents.com. This was the brainchild of Eric Orange, and this has grown into absolutely the single best resource when it comes to finding really great events that you can go to if you're living a wine-centric life. And I have got Eric Orange on the line with me right now. Eric, I am totally and completely blown away by how many events that you guys keep track of on a daily and weekly basis. I mean, what are we talking about, Eric? it's got to be just a humongous number. We're talking thousands, right?
4: Yeah, we have probably ongoing and upcoming events. There's probably roughly five thousand that are posted around the world. You know, we'll get between twelve hundred and two thousand new postings each week. It's been incredibly successful. I, you know, I was able to to create it in what, you know, has become uh, the ideal kind of internet model, and that is user-generated content. You know, people are posting their own events to the site, and that's, uh, you know, that's what I hope for.
1: Wow. And and so they just go on, and they handle all of the postings, so you don't have a bunch of people sitting in there, you keep punching stuff in. That's that's not how it works.
4: That's exactly right. I mean, in the early days, I did, for sure. You know, when I started, I was finding events as, as rapidly as I could, posting them on the site and then alerting the people who are holding the event. You know, anybody who's on the the wholesale side or the uh, supplier side of the business has experienced having an event where nobody or a few people showed up.
1: Isn't that terrible? And it it is so hard to, like, for instance, I live and have my businesses in the Paso Robles area on the central coast of California and on any given day and I'm I'm talking weekdays, weekends, off-season, on-season, whatever, there is so much competition that you have to Deal with there. There might be, uh, like I said, on every any given day, there could be you know t- thirty events going on just in this wine country on any given day. And oh, if,
4: absolutely! You, expand- you know, in, in, in times that you know amongst all the other areas and even cities. I and mean, there's a lot of stuff going on every day in, in, in the cities, the restaurants and such. Uh, you know, and, and the idea of, uh, that I had was let's put them all in one place so people can find out what's going on. And, and in particular for their area.
1: So the, the cool thing is, is that when I log on, and obviously it's no accident, I'm getting on the front page of your site, I'm getting first and foremost stuff that's going on in my area how do it know? Yeah, exactly. How do it know? <laughs> uh, well,
4: that's a that's a that's a fact that's been around for a little while it's called geolocating,
1: right? Um,
4: and there are companies who who operate software. You know, you can plug in, and basically it recognizes from your browser location where you are, and then we apply that to the pages that relate to that position with our site, and we offer you the current location of where you are.
1: So, let's just say I, I want to go to a festival. I want to eat. I want to drink wine, and I'm going to throw you a a, a curveball here. I want it to be unpretentious, too. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well,
1: I, well we, since
4: we don't do the events themselves, I don't know about right. the, the pretense, but we, we actually have on the site um, a festival page. Uh, that is specifically designed for uh events that are yearly annual events you know in all locations if you look at the very top of the site it's got events and festivals and if you hover over that you'll see wine and food festivals over on the right
1: right um, i'm doing it i'm doing it right now and yeah. then
4: you can, can browse the whole list you can search for your area i mean it's really quite a comprehensive list of the annual food and wine and spirits and beer i mean we're not just wine even though that's what i named it because that was my business back then it's it's everything food spirits wine and beer. We have cheese tastings, we have scotch tastings, we have sometimes coffee tastings, I mean, samplings, things like that. It's just really been pretty incredible.
1: How how many people are accessing the site every day? Oh, and by the way, I'm sitting here, I'm I'm just going through it while I'm talking to you, and a pup's uh, pictures of friends of mine right (laughs) right here in the neighborhood. Wow. And they're they're smiling right at me on your site. Wow, it is so crazy. How many people are actually using the site?
4: Well, in terms of traffic, I think we get between 750,000 and a million views per month. Oh my God. Um, we have over 300,000 subscribers to our newsletter. Wow. Um, our newsletter is called The Juice, and we have two versions of it. We have The Juice, which goes out on Tuesdays and is a collective for your area of the next 30 days. And then we have The Weekend Juice that comes out on Fridays. And that's just events that are coming up for that weekend, again, specific to your area.
1: Who composes that?
4: Uh, it comes from the site. Everything that's posted on the site is, you know, stored in a database. And we have, uh, you know, custom-built software that compiles it and broadcasts it out uh, to, the, to the, again, it'll pull everything from the, from the Paso Robles area, put it in the juice for Paso Robles, and send it out to, you know, probably 4,000, 5,000 people in the Paso Robles areas who have signed up for our newsletter.
1: The program, the website's right in the newsletter for you. Yes, that's a good employee. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs>
4: And then well, with- listen. I've had a programmer on board now for nearly 15 years, and he's actually a partner with me in the site over the years, it's been indispensable, and he's done a fabulous job of, of writing the back. Oh, yes. and I, I've often said my site is sort of deceivingly simple looking in that it's simply a calendar of food and wine events, but when you get in the background and the nuts and bolts of, of really making it happen, and in particular, running the Juice newsletter and all the other options that we have in there, I mean, we have a ticketing system that allows you to sell tickets to your events through our system, uh, you know, we can run special. Deals on events. If you want to, you know, give a discount and get a get a, a, a wider audience. And it's deceivingly simple looking, but I would say that's probably why I, I've never really had a strong competitor. Because yeah. once you really start looking into doing what I'm doing, it's not easy. Not anymore. I mean, when I started, it was it was a whole lot simpler than uh, than it's gotten these days.
1: How m- much has the industry grown in in terms of events? You know, you, you said you've been doing this for 20 years. So, uh, what do you see out there because it seems like everybody's doing some kind of wine event and they're getting more and more creative all the time as well. What's that growth pattern looked like?
4: Well, it's, it has been huge. I mean, you know, I, I've been in the wine business now probably close to, close to 40 years, 30 years, I suppose. I mean, I remember back in the, in the day of the, the 60 Minutes episode, the French Paradox. Right, you know, exactly. Yeah. That, you know that. I mean, it, it, from that, I think from that point on in America, the, the wine trend has been up. Um, you know, fully, you know for, for almost my entire career, it's been on an upper climb. As, as far as, you know, people wanting to know about wine want to taste wine, try wines. You know, the events themselves, I think some of them have really just maxed out in terms of just being so big that they're almost, you know, not not worth going to, uh, to some degree. Uh, they just, they get huge. I mean, when you get so many and so many people crowded around the tables, that kind of thing, it's not enjoyable. So I think a lot of the smaller um, regional events are, are really starting to be popular. One of the things that I've watched over the years has been the "come make wine with us" kind of scenario, yes, where exactly, you know yeah. people, yeah, they, you know, make it in their garage kind of thing. They they, they bring in the grapes from Italy or California. People get together. It's a real social thing. In fact, I've done it myself. We made a barrel of wine over in New Jersey at a at a place that was doing it with some friends. You know, we'd go over, we got the grapes. I mean, it was all kind of kind of for show as far as making the wine, but it was fun, social, and I've seen a lot of a lot of growth in that regard. Another mm-hmm. one that's kind of big is the uh, painting and sipping. Yeah, uh, You know, a local artist starts to open their studio and, and, you know, invite people in to bring some wine and do some, you know, do a little artwork, uh, whether it's painting glasses or, you know, working on canvas. Uh, you know, people are looking for that kind of fun, entertaining thing while they can, uh, you know, have a little wine while they're at it. Huh, yeah.
1: We're going to take a, a really quick break here and then we're going to come back and talk a little bit more. Uh, I, I sure appreciate you being on with me, Eric Orange. He's the founder and CEO of LocalWineEvents.com and also the newsletter, The Juice. And if you are just even a little bit interested in wine, you really want to just go check it out and subscribe because I'm telling you right now, there are so many things for just about every taste and anything you could ever want, even if you're not a big Time wine drinker. All right, we're going to take a short break here. We'll be right back in just a second with more Grape Encounters. And Grape Encounters is, of course, brought to you by Total Wine and More. Did you know that Total Wine & More's buying teams travel across the entire country and the world looking for new and exciting wines? Total Wine doesn't just sell the same old, same old. They're always busy forging relationships with the best producers so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at an incredible price. Just look for that yellow Winery Direct tag in their stores or online. You know, even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, Total Wine & More is always several steps ahead. They're always doing everything they can to distinguish themselves from everybody else. And even though I'm a little jealous of how well they're able to cover the world, they definitely make my job easier by turning me on to the next exciting discoveries. And we're going to make more exciting discoveries in just a second when we return with Grape Encounters Radio.
3: Cape Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero. The gateway to good times
0: at visitatascadero.com. Words can be very confusing. When you're crazy, people say that you're nuts. But what if you're crazy about nuts? Well, that doesn't mean that you should be sent to the funny farm. It means that you should be sent to the farm of M.M. Organics, the producers of organic heirloom walnuts and walnut products that are so incomparably unique and delicious, other nuts will be reduced to wallflowers. Whoops! There we go with those crazy meanings of words again. After all, if being a wallflower means disappearing into the background, then why does being a walnut from M.M. Organics mean standing out from the rest? Confused? Well, you won't be... When you discover the glorious deliciousness of walnut halves, baking pieces, fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, and other scrumptious walnut products from MM Organics. Learn more and order yours at MMorganics.com, where you'll also find our utterly irresistible two horse Portuguese dessert wine that everyone goes nuts for. Get crazy at MMorganics.com.
1: And this edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine and more. And when I say and more, there is so much more in a Total Wine store than you've ever seen before. It, it feels so good to be able to pontificate about something that you really truly love. I love them like a $300 Napa cab for a store near you. Go to TotalWine.com. Alright, if you're a person that's living a wine centric life, you may be flipping through your local newspaper a regional magazine. You see events going on. You follow the ads. That, I'm telling you, folks, is the tip of the iceberg because there is so much more going on than you can possibly imagine. The problem is, is that a lot of times people who are putting on events, they're working with a limited budget. They can't advertise area. They can't always be in front of your face. And so they have a hero. They have a champion. It's Eric Orange. He founded a site called LocalWineEvents.com and And it is my go-to place when I'm looking for something, you know, that's very specific. And Eric's on with me right now. Eric, I don't think you could probably look at every event that is going on or is posted on your site. Maybe you do. But what are some of the more creative things that you've seen there? Or are there things that just go too far that you have to kind of censor? I'm just curious about that. You mentioned some ideas in the last segment, but what really gets your attention?
4: we don't really look over everything that's coming in you know typically the way it works is if if a person posts an event for the first time we do look it over. So when you first post the event, it goes into a pending file. We look it over, we make sure it's appropriate and we approve it. And then we allow that benefit of the doubt that anything you post further is going to be within our guidelines. There's just so many different kinds of educational events going on out there that, you know, you could spend every day of the week uh, learning something.
1: So I'm really fond of the varietal to and you don't see it around much. And I thought, wonder, w- wonder what would happen if I went to local wine events and I put in the word to not. And believe it or not, there were just a bunch of stuff that came up. In fact, I have bookmarked it here. There is something called to not tonight in Phoenix. <laughs> Great name. And then there's a f- f- yeah. Did you know that?
4: Then there's, I didn't know
1: that. <laughs> let's see. And then, and then we've got a, a five course to not wine Pairing Ramona Ranch has a Tanat event going on, and then there's another event, the Unbelievable Wines from Uruguay, and it is uh, centered around Tanat. Wow. The, and then there's uh, what every uh, uh, every uh, woman who is not interested in romance says to her husband: "Not Tanat, I've got a headache." <laughs> Not to not. Not to not? I've got a head. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the site is, again, folks, localwineevents.com. What is so amazingly cool about it is you can find events that are not only going on in your neck of the woods, but let's just say you're you're going out to the, the Finger Lakes and you're going to spend a, a week up there. You could go on to localwineevents.com and you could put your whole itinerary together by doing that. That and uh, by the way, Eric, what i'm loving about the, what i 'm hearing from you and I, and I really didn't have my arms wrapped around this, but I do now what i 'm loving about this is that it, your your model for your business is so honest. Compared to what goes on these days, you know the fact that this isn't a bunch of paid wahoo stuff out there. It's it's people that are doing events. They they want to get it out there. It's done in an honest way. It's not being um, it's not being prostituted by you know overselling it, which means that you know you're you're getting a much cleaner, clearer look at what's going on. I like that.
4: Well, I appreciate that. I, I do. Uh, you know we have uh, I've got I've got great people that work for me and we you know we are constantly overlooking the events that are posted and making sure that that it's not crap i mean we're, we don't want to be just a dumping ground for for any kind of crap event comes along and and, and again we get a fair share of that i mean there's probably Every other day, at, at minimum, we, we're deleting somebody's posting because it's just totally not appropriate for our site. Right. Um, you know, the word "curated" is a uh, is a bit overused these days, but that's essentially what we're doing. Um, you know, we're making sure that it's appropriate uh, and and keeping it that way. So, you know, I, I it, we don't get everything. I, I wish I wish we could get everything. Um, you know, I uh, you know, there are a lot of events that we come across every day that aren't on my site that I'd like to have on my site. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we reach out to those people and say. Hey, Hey, here's our you know, here's our idea. Put them all in one place. Oh, that's awesome!
1: And, and, and by the way, one of the things that I I really really think is awesome is your the way that you've broken up um, resources, food and wine resources. Like I'm just looking at the list here. You know, there's educators and schools, wine shops, wineries and vineyards, tour and vacation companies, event planners, restaurants and BYOB sellers and storage, uh, gourmet shops, uh, wine and food groups it goes on and on and on I just you know home wine tastings wow well, so we've
4: always tried to, you know, if anybody's interested in food and wine events, then likely they're interested in also some of those resources. And since a lot of those resources are people who are using the site, we felt like we, we ought to offer an opportunity for them to post a little information about their, their business as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all it's all part of the same same field. So we're happy to, to let people post their events, their information, their, their business. You know, if you're out there teaching wine classes, um, post yourself as an educator.
1: Yeah. Uh,
4: you know, if you're out there selling wine charms, you know, posted on the site. I mean, you know, all of that's available. People who, who are interested, they're flipping around through the site, they'll find. Uh,
1: it, it's it's really, truly a, a wonderful, wonderful resource. And I, I'm i not just saying that. And, and, you know, you're not an advertiser. You're not paying me to say this. But I just I just wanted to get this out, out there for folks because wine is a world that is very difficult to navigate. There's, you know, people want to be involved with it on a lot of different levels. Levels. Some people just want to enjoy it. And when you start talking terroir and tasting those, they just say, shut up. I don't want to hear it. And, you know, other people want to take a deep dive into it and literally fill their That's swimming true. fill their swimming pool with Cabernet and, and, and swim in it. We're all different. And this really gives folks an opportunity to zero in exactly on what you're interested in and not waste your time or your money doing something that doesn't fit you perfectly. There, I said it.
4: <laughs> well, I appreciate that David. <laughs> if, I,
1: if if this radio thing doesn't work out after 11 years I can come be a salesperson for you Eric. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're doing a good job, man. Oh, man! Oh, man!
1: Oh. Anyway, hey, Eric Orange, nice to have you on. And and and, and really, truly, I want to thank you for putting this site together. It really is one of the very, very best tools out there for those of us who you know just enjoy the lifestyle. And Eric Orange, thanks a bunch, pal. I really appreciate it. Well,
4: thanks for having me, David. Oh, uh, I really appreciate the opportunity. We're
1: gonna have you back on a lot. I have ideas for you. <laughs> okay, that is.
4: I'm good
1: for that. (laughs) That is going to do it for Grape Encounters today. Grape Encounters uh, was brought to you by Total Wine and more. And if you want just all kinds of great ideas having to do with wine and uh, look at opportunities and things you didn't even know were out there, go to TotalWine.com. Check it out. We'll see you back here next week, same time.